We are unlocking mining sustainability with Transnet and you are listening to Transnet Mining Indaba 2023 podcast series hosted by Gogumfubi. Well, we're on the sidelines of uh, the uh, mining in Daba that's currently taking place here in the city of Cape Town and uh, in the exhibition center. We are with Transnet here, looking to fully comprehend and understand how this very important state-owned entity plays a critical role, not only within the mining and extractive industries, but how the six different divisions of Transnet are really doing their best to not only bolster the economic performance of South Africa, but also actively participate in the mining industry too. So today we're going to uh, delve into many of those topics and themes by speaking to many guests. Uh, Guests, and uh, today I'm joined by the managing executive for the Eastern Region at TNPA, Transnet Port Authority, Moshe Wokohi, who joins me now. Moshe, great to touch base with you. Good morning, Kuku. There's a hive of activity here, right? Yeah, definitely. There's Lots of attention. It's positive fun. energy as well, <laughs> right? Yeah. No doubt. And maybe let's start just by getting context regarding the Transnet Port Authority, right? For many of us, when we think Transnet, we're aware that there's freight rail, there's the ports that are involved, but of course, a key enabler when it comes to logistics primarily in South Africa. TP, T, uh, Transnet Port Authority, uh, give us some insight yeah. and perspective as to how you play a role uh, uh, within the six various divisions of the business. As you have said, we are one of the six uh, divisions of Transnet. We are at the ports. We are the National Post Authority. We are sharing the space with one other OT, Transit Port Terminals. However, I want to mention TNPA is a creature of the law. It was formed following the Port Act Mm -hmm. of 2005, which then says we must be the guys that are the landlord, we are a landlord port authority, where we allow other businesses to set up base in our land. We then set the rules of saying how they should conduct themselves. Mm -hmm. And we also have a few things that are part of the mandate. One of them is to really make sure that we open up opportunity to the groups that were previously disadvantaged by the old regime. So when we do give these concessions, allowing businesses to set up in the ports, we really are keeping an eye on that and say to what extent is transformation happening. Transformation in this port has term, inclusion of females, uh, people with disabilities, young people, black people, and really we're trying to get this balance right. But if we were to come at the ports, how I define them personally, they are like United Nations, if you like, where countries mesh, meet, right? Because South Africa cannot trade with the rest of the world without touching the oceans. So that is our space, and we have to make sure that we do use platforms such as this to market the ports for people to know that we're here. And we become that last part of the supply chain if you're talking export before the cargo leaves South Africa. It has to come to the port. Therefore, mm-hmm. it becomes important for us to say, as we would have in the port multiple terminal operators, in some cases they do compete. We watch that space and make sure that there's no unfairness in the process and that the activities of one operator do not inhibit the movement of others. So gotcha. our role, therefore, has to make sure that there's smooth even flow of cargo from various destinations. So we have to make sure that the ports are accessible, having good rail network connectivity, road network, and on the water side as well, that the ships, when they come in, they come in safe, and the safety of navigation is one of the things that we have to do. It sounds like quite an interesting role, right? Uh, Connecting the various divisions within uh, the group and, of course, as you say, allowing participants to operate freely to facilitate economic trade uh, and development. 
But let's reflect on the last few years, yep. because for anyone who is anyone in business, we would know just how challenging it's been. Mm. From the 2020 pandemic of COVID-19, we then saw ongoing floods affecting certain areas in um, uh, South Africa. Before that, we also had looting and, of course, Transnet also facing some internal challenges in terms of a cyber attack. Set the context here, just for us to understand how all of these themes have disrupted normal business activities, but yet, you know, you've still managed to find some solutions to, to manage them. Look, uh, if I were to start at the middle of your question to say the key when you're running the port is to master the coordination aspect because you are not only dealing with your own entity but you're looking at other entities that get affected by the activities. So when we had the COVID-19, it was then important for us to keep our finger on the pulse to say as we're on lockdown, what is that doing to the flow of cargo between South Africa and the rest of the world? Mm. The country still needed to get emergency supplies for medications, food supply, energy sources. So we had to make sure that at least that channel remains open and we had to give feedback to government uh, bodies that we're dealing with the adjusting of levels of, 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 of lockdown. A stressful time, I can yes, imagine, it, for you and your team. Yeah, no, no, it was. It was <laughs> because we had to say there were essentials and non-essentials. Yeah. Those, we are all learning. It was a space that none of us has ever been prepared for. So we say, is it possible that you can go and cherry pick what you deemed essential? Then the ports would be congested. If you then uh, were to decongest the port, without breaking the South African laws at that point in time of saying there should be no movement. You needed to engage law enforcement agents and say which facility should then be used as a backup. But I must then say through that, uh, a silver lining was that we really set on top of coordinating role. We set up multidisciplinary teams made up of everyone who's got an interest in the port. There was no invitation. Everyone was free to participate and then say, what are the issues today? How do we deal with them? Those meetings that we started during COVID are still happening to this day. Mm. And customers love them. And we also love them because they give us instant feedback of where to adjust the system. So help me understand, this is basically heighten the level of engagement with the customers to make sure that you adequately meet their needs. Yeah, And it was not an easy thing because remember, when you move into these spaces, at times you are territorial, saying, am I going to expose my weaknesses? But because we wanted to deal with the situation that was confronting us, we actually realized that there's more benefit than wanting to be in your own corner. And right now, everyone goes into those meetings saying, want to solve a problem, no judgment. Yep. And new insights came in. Previously, before the meetings, we knew that there were few operators that were assumed to be the causing uh, facilities of congestion. But we have certainly seen that issues of inefficiencies mm-hmm. are not only a, a, like a preserve of a particular operator. They arise across the system. But what is important is that everyone becomes open and you deal with the issues as they arise. And that, that, that has worked. So we're able to deal with COVID. Yes, there were issues where we got bad ratings from uh, some studies that were done that our courts were at the bottom of the food chain. But what was, was not... Was that a fair reflection? Look, what was not mentioned was that each country was treating COVID differently. Gotcha. The period that was reviewed was when we were at the lockdown. We, we, we still did not, even, we did not even have levels. And remember, it was just like you and me, you oh, would go to yes. Discam wanting to buy something and you would not take it if it was not listed as essential. Gotcha. So at the post, same thing, we would not touch some ships and you had to, to keep those ships in. The cargo would not leave. Hence, when they looked at the study, it was the amount of time 
it took for cargo to connect, but that was not reflected. So for me, look, I took it on the chin, but I felt that some context was required so that we could not be seen as the west of the board. Of course, we are not at the top of the game. We're working with these stakeholders to improve how the ports work. So I'm happy where we are, and we really are working constantly to improve. And from those daily meetings, we set up bi-weekly meetings, which then become a level of escalation for issues that had not been resolved in the past 13 days. Mm -hmm. Day 14, they get a much more powered delegation to deal with those issues. Got you. Yeah. So then we had the storms. That, in as much as it was bad, again, it, it pulled the best out of us. For the first time, we're getting people saying Transnet was agile, Transnet was quick to respond, to avoid what could have been a mess. I mean, we're worried about you up in Johannesburg that if we did not open those roads ASAP, you would have run out of fuel because the railway line was disrupted. We were quick off the mark. We work with stakeholders again because the key here is to work with others, leverage on their power. Don't get into a scrum half concept with them where you you try and check who's got more power. Be in a ballroom dance. Exactly. Use their energy to float around. And that's what we've done. We're quick to respond, open up the port, and uh, we save uh, the country from facing serious fuel issues for those who are not even in the port. So, again, that worked well. Government came to the party. Minister Godan was there. Poshia was there. The city uh, manager, mayor of Devon, everyone, the premier then, everyone saying, how can we help? For me, I think that template mm. is a template that we can take forward of saying the sense of agency and there are ways of solving problems if we all are focusing on the same goal and understanding what the outcome that we want should look like. Got you. Yep. This heightened level of leadership and camaraderie that has come through really does indicate something that is now being implemented in a transnet yep. uh, strategy, particularly when it does come to the management of its ports, as yes. we do as an authority. And this is what I'm intrigued by. Uh, we're well aware that throughout all of these challenges, there's also been some reworkings and conversations that have had to be had about how it is that our ports assist with our extractive industries, primarily when it comes to the movement of uh, uh, rough bulk or raw uh, materials moving in and out of our country. And this is where there's been a lot of conversation with the coal mining companies uh, and, of course, managing those logistics. Speak to us as to how this has influenced your decision as uh, the Transnet Ports Authority, Network Authority to reevaluate your strategies regarding the Durban port as well as the port of Richards Bay. If I were to mention how we make money, uh, amongst other things, as a port authority, is based on the tonnage that gets shipped to our ports. Yeah. So if there's anything that disrupts the flow of that cargo, it hits us where it matters most, at the financial level. So we've seen the challenges uh, at the port of Richards Bay where we really did not have enough uh, cargo going through the port. And maybe let's set context there, right? That is because of concerns with our freight rail network impacting on mining companies who were able to basically bring their their natural resources down to our ports. Exactly. What we then realized was that the port of Richards Bay was designed to be a rail service port. Yes. Now what we have learned out of that is that, look, we must treat it as an intermodal center meaning there's more than one mode of transport. The road uh, mode is going to be with us for some time to come. Therefore, we have changed our plans as an authority to say, what should we do to the road networks in the port? But the road networks on their own are not going to solve problems. Mm -hmm. We are putting up staging facilities where the trucks will go and be held back whilst we are processing for their arrival at the port. It would be like 
a lounge at the airport where you wait for your turn. You, you go and wait there. Then when your time has arrived to go and for to do that, that's what we do. In the last week of February, we're going to be piloting a track booking system, where which is going to be driven from a, a smartphone, where anybody who has a smartphone with the details to the port will then log on to the system, book a slot, and get to be accepted that this is your slot by which you have to pay the point. Yeah. Then you can pace up how you're going to drive and do all sorts of things. And Mushi, maybe let's emphasize that point a lot more, right? Because some people might think, well, we use our phones and apps for everything these days. Yeah. Why is this not in existence? What's the current structure or status quo when it comes to managing the flow at the port? Look, right now, unfortunately, it has been left to happen at random. People will then know that this is the days they have to bring the cargo by. Then they just rush through the port. They are, it's like, if you like, flying blind. Mm -hmm. They do not know when they hit the space. There's many other trucks coming for the same. But this intelligence is going to help them to think and then say, this is when I want to leave my my, 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 my mind. This is when should I get at the port. This is how the situation looks like. Because you'll be able to view the areas where there's high concentration of trucks. It's going to help the cities along the way, Pongola and them, so that everybody does not get taken by surprise to deal with this situation. That's what we want to do. We also are working with TFR as well to say the rail terminal in Precious Bay must be redone such that it allows bigger trains to come in without being broken down because mm -hmm. that does take time. So we want the rail still to be the main uh, mode that is preferred for this cargo. But when the, the trucks do come, they also must find us ready to, to deal with the situation. We have then allowed the terminal operators to do some innovative interventions where they've got something called box operation, meaning they're bringing cargo closer to the key wall and then load it. This has improved the rate of loading. Remember, Richard Bay, besides the issue of shortage of trains, which you have mentioned, we had the unfortunate situation where our conveyor belts caught fire. Yes. Those have not yet been recommissioned. And therefore, the operating model that is being used is sub-optimal. It's performing at 50% of the design capacity, meaning Ooh. a ship that is supposed to stay for three days would say stay up to six, seven days, mm. which is then bad. Now, the box operation is trying to recover the excess three days and bring it to something that is more tolerable. 100%. Mushi, you've added a lot more context and really grateful for it because it's uh, also influencing and shaping the minds of many who uh, might look to shut down the ports without actually fully understanding their role and function. So this really does help to set more context and uh, some, some color. We're looking forward to your interactions and engagements as well with uh, your peers here at the Mining in Daba. Yep. Any new break, new news you might look to break or, or should we look out for, for the end of Feb to, to hear more about that? Yeah, let, let, let's wait for the end of Feb. <laughs> That's perfect. We'll no, keep thank you going. very much for the opportunity. I hope you'll come and visit the ports and see what we're going to be doing. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I understand that there is a tour that's been scheduled. So to anyone who is listening, do uh, reach out to the Transnet team. Uh, there is a tour that will be taking place before the mining in Daba wraps up for you to take a look at the facilities specifically here within the city of Cape Town. A pleasure speaking to you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a great day. That was the voice of Moshe Mukohi, who is the managing executive for the eastern region of Transnet Port Authorities. Transnet is the gold sponsor of Mining Indaba 2023, unlocking Africa's mining investment through increasing sustainability, security and supply.